Good morning. Today's class is Leunishmai Yerkmel Diyan Magdalia, Siyam Venema, Rafu Shalemar, Hushalem Yamina, Vdana Bensara, Lishav Magali Bashif Aleya, Mir Tuvia Ben Chaya, and Succession Yerushmai Melisheva Ravaka, Dil Melisheva, Emmet Melisheva, Shafar Melisheva, Rena Makov Tobabasha. Also Rafu Shalemar Bachana, Eden Bad Gizala. Also today, please share and rate the podcast. Today's class, we will be talking about. Lesson 8 in the second half of Lakuta Maran. Today, the Sphira that we're dealing with today is Yesod Shabagavura, which is practically represents as having restraint in matters of the sexu- sexuality, restraint in the Brit, having discipline in this area, basically equals 40-day challenge. That's what today's represents. We're going to talk a little bit about the connection to that in this Torah, extremely important. Why specifically the Yesod? Yesod means the foundation. And the reason why we, we stress so much on, on this topic all the time is because if there's no foundation, you can have a building 10 feet, 10 feet high, 100 feet high. If the foundation's cracked, everything will come down eventually. So this is why it's the gateway to holiness, the gateway to connection, the gateway to spirituality, the gateway to any kind of connection, connection with the spouse, connection with others. It's so important. So lesson 8, Rav Nachman speaks about, he begins the Torah, which the practical guidance you're going to hear from this class, this, this class is a lot to it, but the practical guidance is how to really, really get people to change for the better. Okay, there's a, there's a specific approach on how to do this. We know that what doesn't, approach, what doesn't work is obviously demonstrate, instructing people without demonstrating. That for sure is not going to work. So whatever your message is, make sure your life matches that message. That's, that's before we even get into to this. Second, it's not how much you, you say, it's how much you care about the person. That's the second aspect. You want to change somebody, it's really how much you care about them, which we'll, we'll talk about why, where that comes from. And three, it cannot be done through force and demands because when people get demanded, they do the complete opposite, right? It cannot be a demand. It has to be done with, there's a specific technique. And we're going to talk about the concept of Moshe Rabbeinu. He was able to rebuke them, but at the same time, he had nothing but compassion for them. So compassion is extremely important. Before you're trying to change somebody and, remove, and, and basically try to change them or try to get them to do better, you, you pretty much have to remove all judgment. Because judgment is, is a form of, it's not compassion, it's opposite, it's din. So Rav Nachman begins the Torah by saying, although Tuchacha, moral guidance, is extremely important, it's a, and it's, a, it's, it's very important that every person should reprove his fellow, as there's a, there's a, there's a Tehillim that says, you shall reprove your fellow. Not everybody's fit for this kind of guidance. Rabbi Akiva says, I doubt if there's anybody in this generation that can actually give this reproof. And if Rabbi Akiva said it in that generation, imagine it's today. When one who gives moral guidance is unfit to give it, not only does it not help with his reproof, but it even causes the person to go the opposite direction. So this is very dangerous if you're even going to attempt to do it. If you're even going to attempt to do it. That's why Reb Nachman always gave examples. He never told people what to do. He, he gave advice. The same thing I tell you, listen guys, I know what works, I don't know what works. It's up to you whatever you want. But obviously I'm not going to force you to do anything. But I can tell you, 
if you're a businessman, as a spiritual consultant, these things are, are hurting you and these things are better. Now it's up to you whether you decide what you want to do. That's, I like to present it in a, in a, in a, in a, like in a business without taking the personality out. It's so much personal. And this is akin to something, for example, he gives an example. If you give the wrong type of reproof, if you give the wrong type, if, you, if, you, you know, if you're giving it the wrong way, not only does it not help, but it, it actually makes things worse. And he gave an example of this. Imagine you have a dead animal sitting, sitting there. Okay, it's been dead for years. But if you move it, it's going to begin to smell. It's going to begin to smell. So basically, sometimes there are certain people that I don't believe can be helped because there has to be always an arousal from below. But if you're going to attempt this, sometimes if the approach is wrong, it backfires on you. And you see this all the time. This is because the soul mainly nourishes from scent, right? Where do we know this? We know this because when you say a blessing, normally we say a blessing, a first blessing and an after blessing on food. Because food has this, anytime I'm saying a blessing, I'm lifting a spark. But soul does not eat an after blessing. Soul goes straight, a scent goes straight to the, to, the, to, the, to the soul. And what happens when you have a bad odor, it affects the soul. Practically what that means is if the person is trying to do it for his ego, for his own intention, for his, without caring, it's going to not cause the right effect on the person. And what do you have to do? How do you? And what does this do? It disturbs the flow of bounty. This is why Rabbi Nachman always mentioned: first, be happy, and it's good to be religious too. See, amazing concept. First, be happy, work on your simcha, number one, and then you can be religious too. See the see the order: not be religious and then be happy. Because if, you're, if the religion is getting you to be, to be very exacting with people and judgmental, and, and this, you're missing the whole point of it. You're missing the fear and love. You just have the fear. You don't have the love. So then it looks like a robotic. It looks like... A, and unfortunately, I think Judaism has gotten the wrong message by some people because the, the people have the wrong experience. And it doesn't mean that that experience should be an experience that you should stay with that story. Because just like you have a bad case of food poisoning, you still go out to eat again. You haven't stopped eating, so you have to try different things. But what I'm not going to say here, and this is exactly, the reproof must be through the, through the speech. That means if you're going to change somebody, you need to spend more time praying for them than even talking to them. Unbelievable guidance. 90%, 90%, you should be praying for that person and seeing good points in them. 10% speaking. Wow is right. Now, think about the approaches you've had with people. I promise you that has not been the recipe. It's been what? 10% prayer, 90% reproof. Think about that. First of all, reason why this is so important, number one, because it's, you have to make sure this is not even your projection of your own reality. What you see in the other person is probably your own mess in the first place. We want to try to avoid that because that's what usually happens. 
Second, you have to rectify that, you have to recognize that sometimes this is a tikkun in heaven that you need to go through. So without prayer, you won't come to that realization. But Moshe, what did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He spent more time pleading with God than actually speaking to the people. Not, look at the, look at his, all his te- pleading with God, save them. Then he spoke to them. The minute he erred, the minute he made the mistake, what did he do? Listen, all you rebels! You made that the sharpness. You got angry. And the reason why it's extremely important sometimes when we're dealing with difficult individuals, we sometimes lose it. But when you lose it, what does that mean? Lose it? You lose your dot. Anybody who gets angry loses his wisdom. So when I, when I say he lost it, yes, he lost his he's lost his dot. So again, back to the patience concept. So think about think about the people you're dealing with in your life, and ask yourself what's your ratio versus telling them what to do and praying for them. And I guarantee you, it's probably the opposite. And that's why we're not getting the results we're getting. Because when you pray for somebody, just when you think positively about somebody, they feel it. When you pray for somebody, you are sending them energy. Rabbi Nachman says when you pray for somebody, it's like giving charity. Remember Rabbi Rush's whole campaign about praying for cholesterol to have mental health, that that could save the world? Obviously, people didn't have five, ten minutes for that. So this is something where you have to think about whatever difficult people you're dealing with in your life, you need to ask yourself, what's your ratio? Because you're not getting to consciousness. You're not getting to the root of the issue. Because your, your ego is, is all self-centered and judgmental. You're not seeing the essence, the chachma of the situation. Therefore, thereby, we're not getting the right re- results. And not only are they not listening to us, they're actually going backwards. They're actually turning backwards. Because it could be our own projection. I think, I think this class should be said in a, in a big announcement. And I've seen this with, with, with people, and I've seen where I've seen results, and I see that don't get results. And that is, the, that is the definition. Whether I got the results or not, because I spent more time finding good points in them, dropping the, the, dropping the judgment on the person, thinking, thinking understanding, sending them love, and then when you say, when you speak to them, they know that you care about them instead of, I'm judging you. And that's what, if we already have the risk of Rabbi Akiva in his generation, <laughs> today, very few of us have the ability to do that. Anytime I get asked advice for people, right away I go straight into prayer. I don't even get my ego out, get my intentions out, because sometimes people give advice, they have hidden intentions. That's why it's extremely important. As much as I want to monetize this and make this bigger and you lose the authenticity sometimes when you get to, if you think about money, that's why I try, I try not to mix you know, the classes of money because it's, it's, you lose the authenticity and if you lose the authenticity, you're not going to get real change. And it's extremely important to understand that. So the, the message has to be sent and, and it is what it is. So now Rav Nachman tells us that's the beginning of the problem. And, and the solution is obviously the voice. The voice is the voice of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is the voice of compassion. And when a person raises his voice the proper way to heaven, that causes a arousal below, and it can cause a person to actually change. And then Reb Nachman's in the same Torah, that's the beginning of the Torah, because remember, what's the, what's the goal of you doing this correctly? What is the goal of this correctly? What's the rewards of you, of you reproofing correctly? 
The, re- the reward is when a person reproves his fellow correctly, they draw a thread of love and kindness against them. They get, uh, he, he develops a love and kindness. Right? He gets a thread of, uh, he gets a thread of love and kindness. So what that, what that means is Rav Nachman speaks about in Lesson 184, a very powerful concept. There's a reflected light and there's a direct light. And, some, and how do you know how do you know that you're not getting the right results is when you become exhausted dealing with the individual. Sometimes when you're dealing with the individual and it's become exhausting, you have to take a step back, put a boundary there for a little bit and spend time praying. Because right now it's, it's looking like, an, it's looking like a, a form of, I would say, a burden on you. And if it becomes a burden, then the person already feels like they're already not succeeding. And then it makes, then it's your project on them, and then it becomes double the problem, because then they feel like I'm a load on you. So that's where you have to step back, judge them favorably, and start raising your voice in prayer. And Rabbi Nachman says when you, when you do that, you're able to get a directed light and a reflected light. Remember the story about the mm-hmm. turkey prince. The story about the turkey prince was the, 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 the turkey, the prince, this is a two-second story, basically the story about a, a, the prince had a, tur- had a son who acted like a turkey. He went underneath the table, he took off all his clothes. They couldn't get, they tried to medicate him, they tried to diagnose him. Nobody was able to diagnose him, no doctor, etc., except for the sage who took off his clothing, went underneath the table, and basically created a rapport. And little by little, he was able to manage to get him up off the table by creating, letting, allowing him to, to get momentum. And the main thing that he was explaining to him was that he is a prince, but he's acting like a turkey. That he's not a turkey. He's acting like a turkey, but he is a prince. It's extremely important to remember when we are dealing with children. And remember, this, this whole 24,000 students right now that we're dealing with, this whole situation of dying, this is all improving character. So we have to, in, the whole point of that story is reminding him, this, you're not like this, you're better than this. But at the same time, letting him get momentum and letting him, him make the decision. So it's very important when you're dealing with difficult people, and obviously I work with in recovery, and I work and I see this all the time, it, sometimes it could be exhausting on a family, and it could be exhausting dealing with people, and that's because you're trying to force it or demand it. Because if you're really trying to help somebody, and it comes from your heart, you cannot be affected negatively from it. Otherwise, Chabad would be out of business, if you think about it. Because how does Chabad go to Thailand and, and these places? and not get affected by the people themselves. Because they do it, you can't, you can't be affected if you're giving. That means as long as your intention is to give, you cannot really get, there's no negative consequences of that effect. If the giving is, is done in Hashem Shemaim, if it's done from heaven, you cannot get affected by that. But remember, here is the voice. The voice is what he's saying here. You have to, you have to speak with voice. You have to put your, your prayers in prayer. And this is where the, the our sages say, where a person has fear of heaven, his words are heard. His words penetrate 
the heart of the person getting that advice. And when you can do this, then you get a thread of love and kindness. Whoever reproves his fellow for the sake, for the sake of God, they draw upon him the thread of love and kindness. He reproves a person, he will let, labor find fellow. That's the bottom line. That the bottom line is if it's done the right way, it's, it's, it could go right or left. But it could, if you do it the right way, you practically get serotonin out of it. You get fulfillment. You, you feel happy. But if it's, done the wrong, if it's done the wrong way, you actually get the opposite effect. You get no results. So this is where people are... You see sometimes people are... They're speaking publicly and they're forcing... They don't, they're not reading the crowd. They're not reading the crowd. You have to read the crowd. And the importance of speaking, of having any kind of public speak or speaking to anybody, first you have to read the customer. It's the first thing my uncles used to tell me. Before you sell, you read the customer. Understand the customer, see what the customer wants. Then, it's a different conversation for every customer. Baruch Hashem, I've been able to makar people in, in gyms. I've been able to, because I, I know what they need. And if it's done the wrong way, they don't have anything to do with it. But there's a science to this, and, there's a, and, there's a, and it's really, you have to really have, it's, it's more about intention. It cannot be forced on people. Why cannot be forced on people? It's very simple. Because when a person's in a dark place, when a person's in a dark place, if you open up the lights too strong, they won't be able to handle it. Imagine somebody's been sleeping in a hotel room for three days, and you say, Wake up! They can't handle it. It's too much, too much dead, too much, you, get, you understand the light is too strong. Right? They go, they go they, it's called a shattering of the vessels. They go right back to sleep. So it has to be through a Simpson. But remember, the person that wants to help that person is already burnt out. So they don't have the head anymore for this. And they want results quickly. But this is why when you're frustrated, and you're demanding, and you put it, it's not working. It's not working. It has to be done through love. And this is, again, this is not an easy thing. But this is where he's saying here, when you do this the right way, God's chesed is going to be given to you. Because remember, 90% of this that you're dealing with in the world is your own projections. And this is where we see, you know, imagine, you know, the shidduch world, I want you to marry this because it's going to make me happy. It's going to make the father happy. Sometimes it's about the child. It's not only about the father. But it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of egos and there's a lot of what's, what, what's going to happen to the family name and all that. It's too much ego. It's too much self-centeredness. And this is why we're not getting the results. And the only way to do this is with asking God for compassion and asking Him to give you the right dot in order how to speak to the person. And if you're able to have the right dot and you know how exactly to speak to the person, then it's exactly then you will have that compassion. Why? Because the other side feeds on false compassion. Correct? What does that mean? That means when you're trying to do something, there's, a, there's two types of prayers. Now he takes the second part of this class. That's the first part of the class. The second part of this class. He talks about that sometimes the evil forces, false 
they, they basically, there's, there's, there's two types of compassion. There's real compassion, and there's also a false compassion. False compassion means, I have to make a billion dollars so my kids can have a good life. So I'm going to work my whole life and kill myself so they can have a good life. That's not, who says giving your kids a billion dollars is going to not, it could destroy them. False compassion could be an enabling, enabling mediocrity, enabling a situation where it looks like compassion, like legalizing more drugs or legalizing mediocre. That is called false compassion. So Rabbi Nachman says that when you, when you, when you give, when you validate people in a victim mindset, you will not help them. You're just gonna, your compassion is not really there. Your job is to get them to, to expand the consciousness. That means you see a lot of people complaining and they want to be validated and you see a lot of people that are struggling with something, they want you to understand them, but at the same time, you cannot validate them because then you're not, you're giving them, you're not giving them a sense of urgency to get out of the situation. For example, let's say 80% of the Jews were stuck in Egypt, right? You can't say, you know what, it's okay. Not everybody's meant to be free. No, you have a soul, you need to be free. But when we validate the wrong types of compassion, then that becomes cruelty. Cruelty means giving too much warmth and having no expectations. That is cruelty. And this, you have seen this today in the world. You have seen this in the world where it could be too much shutdowns. We would think that shutdowns, what's well, compassion. But at the end of the day, it became cruelty because all these shutdowns became obsessive, too much shutdown. Next thing you know, you have to convince a person to go back to work. How long did that take? It took people almost a year to go back to work. So you could see compassion the wrong way becomes comfort and comfort is not actually good for you in long term. It's good short term because you don't have to do anything, but long-term comfort is extremely, extremely damaging. And what happens? It actually weakens your mental health. We know today your mental health is going to benefit from being resilient and being able to grow through problems. Your mental health is not going to be good if you have a, a solution that I can run away from every situation in my life. It will destroy your mental health. So this is where the other side the other side, the side of Klippa, benefits from the flawed compassion, right? So we just spoke about the right compassion as being able to help somebody the right way, caring about them. But there's also the flawed compassion is do what you want, I don't care about you. That, or I'm gonna give you warmth, as long as you're living in my house, you can, you can smoke heroin. That is not the right type of compassion. That is being irresponsible and being completely enabling. So you, or you can have parents today that sometimes we're holding our, our kids' hands on his whole life and you've not let, you're not letting go. So you think, oh, look, I'm compassionate, I'm being such a good father. No, you, you're positioning your kid that the next time he falls, he's gonna have a traumatic breakdown. Let him start falling right away. 
So he can build that strength. But if you, if you don't build resilient people today, you're going to deal with all kinds of trauma. Resilient people can get through trauma quicker. But if you hold somebody's hand his whole life, yes, you think it's compassion. It's not. It's, it's actually enabling. You're enabling the person, then you're making them weak so they cannot handle further challenges. So society today is enabling mediocrity. I've said this a thousand times and making the bar very low, such as, you know, you see all these videos, they call every conversation toxic. <laughs> you go to a job interview, this is toxic. I asked you what time you're coming to work. Are you calling me lazy? <laughs> it just becomes, this culture has been created very soft people. I think Tony Robbins says, great economies create soft people because they become too comfortable. And then, soft people create bad economies and then the whole cycle begins again. So this is what's happening. So Reb Nachman tells us, when you start enabling people and you allow this flaw of compassion, what you see today, the first thing that goes is immoral desires. So you, you, you see this today, where you're giving people, you know, giving them funding, God forbid, to do sex change surgeries. This is exactly what he's talking about. We're teaching kids at four or five years old. You know, I had, there's, there's unfortunately, you know, there's Jewish schools and there's schools for Jews. And there's an elementary school, I don't want to say the name, where they, put, they started putting this, these stickers of, you know, rainbows and, and these things. And again, I'm not, I, I don't want to go there, but you don't need to tell a six-year-old about sex, sexual sex change and Adam and Eve and Adam and Steve. And, you know, this is not the time at six years old to educate young children. This is very behind Ron DeSantis' movement. But they think that's compassionate and being open and understanding, but you're, you're, you're putting ideas into kids' hands. Okay. This is what Reb Nachman's talking about. When your compassion is flawed, it becomes distorted and it becomes, it goes straight into immorality. It goes straight into immorality. So whenever the compassion is flawed, you see right away it's immorality. It's always connected to immorality. That's why you see today the sectors. It's a, it's, it's, it's a movement against God. It's, it's all that movement. Again, I'm not talking politics, but that movement is really against God. No problem with tradition, but I don't want to have anything to do with God. The difference? No, no, no fear of heaven. Tradition's okay. I like the dreidel, this, but I don't want to have anything to do with God himself. That comes from a flawed, a flawed compassion. How does Ramachan get this? Where does the other side feed it? He says, because your brain, this is extremely important to understand this, you have three parts of your brain. Chachma, Bina, and Dat. The right, the left, and the central, which is the brainstem. Right? Kabbalistically, Chachma represents the right brain, wisdom. Bina represents the left brain. And Dat is the integrative mind. Right? So what happens, he's, what he's saying here is when this, when this is flawed, when your brain is flawed, then anything can go in inside. 
And what causes it to be flawed, right, is this, these flawed ideas. Because you have these flawed ideas, then you go into immorality right away because you have no protection anymore. Imagine you have a beautiful house and you, okay, you know what? Who needs a fence? Let everybody walk in. Who needs security? Everybody's welcomed. So you remove the gate. You remove the guard gate. Oh, let's remove the fence also. Anybody can come right in. And next thing you know, you open up the door and you get raided and you have no more house anymore. That's the example. We need some protective barriers in our lives. That's why we have certain halachot to protect you. Nida protects you. When a person is married and his wife and he separates, that protects you from becoming a, a nut job and, and developing you know, the proper times to have relations and not too much. Because when you have too, too much, it becomes, God forbid, people invite all kinds of things into the relationship, sometimes other people into the relationship. That's because there's no, that's it. You lost the fence, you lost the guard gate. There's no more protection. And this is what causes Mishuga completely. This is where the person's ideas are just completely flawed. This is the danger of why Rabbi Nachman advises not to dwell in any kind of philosophy. Because philosophy can get you, can start, you, start, you can start thinking about why God, about God himself. Does God exist? So this can, this can cause major, major problems to your brain and your ideas to develop spiritually. And this is where we know that four, four sages went to heaven. And who didn't come back? Who came back? Who didn't, who, who, which one didn't? One, only one came out good. But Acher, right? He saw a vision of two gods of, of, of sitting in a... In a, in a um, one of the angels sitting in a chair, he got, he got, it was way over his head, and he came back, you know what he came back, right away he did? Went after a prostitute. So you could see where, where philosophy, where you start develop, where you lose the fear of heaven, you start developing very heretical ideas, and your compassion, you look like your compassion, but instead of, you know, giving money to the right places, you give money to the, to the San Francisco Zoo, and you think that's compassion. So you see the sadaka today doesn't go to the right places. People that are really people starving, but it's going to the wrong places. It's going to the, you know, to build a, in the name of compassion. But it's a flawed compassion. So you could see the people's ideas. These ideas are very, very far out to the left. It comes from this issue. Failure to protect the mind, sexual immorality, because you could see the sectors that are connected to sexual morality, the ones that let everything go, this, there's no protection in the brain. Anything goes. And they call it compassion, by the way. And that's actually destroying society. Because next thing you know, you allow these ideas. Next thing you know, you have a son that is, wants to be a, a girl. What do you do now? Oh, I didn't think it would go that bad. When, once you let the door open... That's why the Torah has certain boundaries you have to keep. You have certain boundaries in your head. You have to. Once you start watching the wrong things, once you, start, you, you lose the boundaries. You lose the, you lose the wall. And when you lose the wall, anybody can get in. When you lose the wall in your brain, any can get in. So what happens, when you have these flawed ideas, you begin to pray, or you begin to 
and then your, your prayers are swallowed up by the other side. Because it's a flawed prayer. It's a prayer without the right intentions. Like, for example, you know, when you say, when a guy's asking, God forbid, you know, how many people will tell you? And I, I know people that are dealing with major issues sexually, and they're asking me to give them, God, please provide me with a soulmate. That is not a good prayer right now. Because imagine what you're doing to yourself. Imagine what you do to somebody else. That prayer is going nowhere. So what should you do? Not pray? You should pray. But eventually, even the bad prayers that you make, that means there's a time in your life where even a thief will say, please let me be successful in, in this and this robbery, it's still a prayer. Those prayers don't, get in, don't go to the right side, they go to the other side. What happens? One day, when you get your act together, and you're broken, and you really, really get to the truth, and you hit rock bottom, then you're going to pray with the right direction. And what's going to happen is all those bad prayers, all those prayers that, had, that went to the other side, are going to get swallowed and come to the right side. And this is where you see a person having a, ma a major a breakthrough moment in his life. Where do we know this from? We know this from who? From Pinchas. What did Pinchas do? He had a prayer of judgment. He was able to go straight into the mouth of the Satan, of the, of the other side, and basically stop the plague. At that time, the immorality of 24,000 it seems like this 24,000 numbers is very, very common. But what happens is, is when, you're, when your brain is flawed and you have these ideas, your prayers go to the other side. But if you turn back and you go to the right side and you go in, in, in holiness and you get your muna back, then all those prayers eventually get, get answered. They get answered because it's a judgment prayer. And what that could be is, is a prayer of a person surrendering to God. Saying, you know, God, I did all this mess. I'm finally ready to come back to you. And Bill W., Lahavda, Bill W., the founder of the 12, 12 Steps, he was, on, he was in a detox in a hospital someplace, and he was desperate to try to every single point. And you know what he said? God, if you exist, I will do anything, anything. And all of a sudden, that prayer... He says in the, in the, 12, in the, in the, in the big book that, the, that he felt he went from the rock bottom to the top of the mountain. So this idea here that you can be in the worst, the worst places, it doesn't mean the worst, the worst places could be the best vulnerable opportunity for you to be going to the best, the best places. Understand? Because to the point where you've had that story in your life, that story that you have in your life, it's not that you're telling yourself a story that's not true. Whatever you're saying in that story, whatever praying you're saying in that, it's not going anywhere. Because it's no, there's no, any, for a prayer, God, there's a pasuk that says, very simple, God is close to those who speak in truth. It's very simple. So if you're speaking a story and you're giving excuses of why this is happening and you know it's not true, then those prayers are going to the other side. So when you start getting to the truth, then that prayer could be a prayer of judgment with force, and you can now take back all those prayers from the other side and come back. So the whole point is, this is exactly what, what, what,
Pinchas did. Pinchas did. He went straight into Zimri and he stopped the plague. Practically in our lives, you have a plague, God forbid, you have a judgment. You can go, if you change it to, 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 from, a, from a broken heart, a prayer of a broken heart, a prayer of truth, the other side, all of a sudden, you'll be able to go into the snake, into the other side that took all your prayers and bring all these prayers back. I'm trying to bring these concepts into a very practical way. It's, it's extremely, extremely deep. Concepts. And when you do this, not only do you get your prayers back, but you even get to, you even bring back people that were, that were, that were, that were swallowed from the other side. For example, people that were, there were forced conversions in the, in the Moranos. There were Jews that were Jewish and they were forced to turn to, because you did that. Remember, once I'm already dealing with the other side, once I go into the other side's mouth, I can go, I can go bring back also souls that were stuck. A typical example of this would be, imagine a person in a rehab center and he's finally in recovery and he goes into the bottom of the bottom and deals with all these addicts. Next thing you know, not only is he helping himself out, but he finds three, four, five other Jews, which I've seen this all the time, in the program and he helps get those out too. So there's a benefit of actually going into rock bottom that you can help many, many other people out. My example, I went to a very, very dark place in my life. I had flawed ideas. And I, once I got out, I was able to bring a lot more people out. So just because you go down doesn't mean there's no hope for you. That is actually the rawest opportunity to go down and bring people back. This is why the Gemara says that a tzaddik can never go to the place of a, where a Balchuva went. Because a Balchuva has a higher potential because he's tasted rock bottom and is able to get him back. So this is where you should never, you should never really give up on prayer. You should never give up on ability that you could, you could change in a blink of an eye. And that's why, you know, there's this raw, beautiful moment. We have a, we have a detox facility. And you see the progression. We have a, we have a, it's a three, four step program. Some people stay for 120 days. Some people stay 90 days. But you see the person fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And then once he makes that turn, there's nothing more beautiful than that raw turn where it said, you know what? I'm surrendering. I'm ready to go to the light. You know, all day long, that, that raw moment, and you could see what happens to the person. He changes his face. You know, we have the Miami facilities where we have the um, detox, the, the Fort Lauderdale's where we have the partial hospitalization. So you could see the raw change of a person when he says, you know what? That's it. I had enough. I'm surrendering to God. I'm ready to come back. And, there, and, and you see uh, like a new person comes into the person. And that is where you have to say, it's, it's called the gift of rock bottom. Otherwise, how could you call rock bottom a gift? Because that's the place where you say you killed the ego. When you say, I had enough, I'm ready to go into the light, all those old prayers that you said that you're, next thing you know, they, get, they, get, they go to the right side. And not only do they help you, but they help many, many others. So sometimes in life, we fall into very, very dark places for a reason. And that could be just enough so you can help others in that same situation. So Hashem help us all that we should all be merit. There's a lot of, this, this class has a lot of topics to it. And this is just a couple of pages of a 70-page uh, Torah.
So, just to, when I'm speaking to you about Rabbi Nachman, I'm talking to you on the very, 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 very light compared to how deep Kabbalistically his teachings are. But yet, Rabbi Nachman even said that even non-Jews need me. So how could you speak? It's because his teachings have the power to, you can connect, you can get practical advice, and yet you can go so, 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 so deep that you can lose your mind and go into another world, into Rabbi Nachman's teachings. They have that power. Very hard to find that combination where you can listen to it on a practical level and at the same time go so deep into it where it's got a, where a typical breastlet will spend six months on one little Torah. So this is the power of the Torahs that you're getting. I'm just trying to give you guys the practical advice so you can understand it. Because there is that also, the advice of the practicals. Meshem, help us all. We should take all of these advices from Ram Nachman and connect to his teachings and connect to the higher consciousness and be able to make arousals above. Have a great day.